The presenting sponsor of Moon Tower Soccer is FVF Law. To find out what makes FVF a different kind of injury law firm, you can visit FVF.law. Hello, friends. Thanks for listening to Moon Tower Soccer. This week, we are going to rank Austin FC players based on their trade value. We will also cover a few other pieces of Austin FC news and rumors. My name is Landon Cottom, and I'm joined, as always, by Mr. Jeremiah Bentley. Hey, everybody. I'm Jeremiah Bentley. And Landon, this is the part of the offseason where it becomes a little bit interesting to find like <laughs> meaningful things to talk about. I mean, if the club wants to announce the players returning or not on tomorrow or today, depending on when people listen to this, that would be really awesome. But it also like gives us some time to like cover some other things and speculate. And so I think this will be a fun show. Um, and I think we should probably talk about what we're going to do over the next couple of weeks, because you are going to be on a big adventure in another part of the world. That's right. I will be in uh, Australia for a few days, but mostly in New Zealand. Um, Ashley's over there for work. And so we just tagged on some time to the end. And do you want to hear something that's probably not surprising to anybody at all? Oh, I would love to hear that. Yes. So the last few times we've traveled internationally, I have found the most nerdy, boring history podcast about that country that I could and just binged as many episodes as I could. And so I'm like a third of the way through like a multi-year long New Zealand history podcast at the moment. Wow. Wow. And, and what, what's... Like, don't break it all down, but like, what's the most interesting thing that you've learned so far? Okay, here it is. This is what it is. It's that New Zealand is like of land masses that are populated. New Zealand was the latest populated land mass by humans. I think it was like in the 12 or 1300s. There were up until that point, no humans there at all. Wow. And and they came from Australia, I would guess, or no, somewhere else? No, uh, from uh, Pacific Islands. So they're Polynesian people. So the indigenous groups in New Zealand and Australia are completely different. Have like almost no uh, linked heritage, or if they do, it's like way, way back. Oh, wow. Okay. Well, that that is a, bit, a little bit of a fun fact. Whenever uh, these people, again, second fun fact, whenever these people arrived, there was a bird called a moa that was like a 10 foot tall ostrich. And they saw these ostriches and decided that they were very yummy and killed them all. And now they're extinct. all of them. Oh, wow. <laughs> well, what does this trip mean for the show, Landon? Uh, it means I'm going to be away for a bit, but I believe Mike Crignol, I almost called him Mike Ellison. That's his maiden name. Uh, Mike Crignol is going to step in and join you. Um, I'm going to be very I jealous and a little upset if all the news breaks while I'm gone and y'all get to talk about it without me. But uh, Mike said, Mike does a great job. And so you will all be in great hands. Yeah, we'll, we'll, clear, we'll save a little space for you when you come back, just in case anything... Um, happens that we need to know about. So that means you're going to miss a couple local soccer events. Um, the first the first is this Thursday. Uh, the U.S. national team has a match, which I will be going to with Jackson and his buddy Raymond, since we did not get to go to the last two. Um, shout out to Raymond. Shout out to Raymond. We didn't get to go, we didn't go to the last two Austin FC matches. So we're excited to, to be able to, to attend the match on Thursday night. And I was looking online, like there are still plenty of tickets available. If you... Austin FC fan want to be able to go and it looks like they're probably very reasonably priced on SeatGeek. Um and it's like a we it's going to be like a full it's everybody, right? Except for um probably Chris, Christian Pulisic cuz he's entered cuz he's injured. Uh, I think there's a uh, Tyler Adams is still out. I think Tim Weah is out, but it's going to be like the strongest possible lineup. So there'll still be a lot of a lot of big names there. Yeah, that'll be the the home leg of the Trinidad and Tobago match. So yeah, that, that's the first one. The second one that's will the be first a few one. days later in. I was like, wait a minute. They haven't played the first one already, have they? So, right. Yeah, it's yeah. the first leg of that one. And they'll they'll play the second one there. Okay, gotcha. In Trinidad and or Tobago. I'm and not sure Tobago. where the away leg almost, is. Almost unfair. We're playing against two countries. Uh, and then also, you'll miss the Austin Soccer Foundation foot golf tournament on Saturday the 18th, which I believe there are still signups available if anybody wants to go out and kick the ball around. Mike and I will be partnering up at that event. Um, and I think our buddy Phil West is going to play with Moises. So it should be, that's that's always a, a fun time for a good cause. So I would encourage folks to go to austrinsoccerfoundation.org and sign up for that tournament if they haven't already and hang out with us and have fun. Sean Rubio, who has played the last couple of years, will probably not be in this tournament, <laughs> I would imagine. 
All right, let's get into the news, Jeremiah. Uh, again, like you said at the start, there's not any one piece of huge news, but there's quite a bit of little things that are that are interesting to talk about. So where should we start here? Well, let's start with the uh, Johan Romagna, who sort of hinted about being back in Austin, but has like just recently focused, recently posted on Instagram pictures of him back in Austin, like in full Austin FC gear. So it seems like Romagna is interested in a return to Austin FC. We do not know if Austin FC is interested in a return of Johan Romagna. Um, I think you've watched some film, is that right, of his performance over the last year and have either formed or reaffirmed your opinion on um, on what we think about him? What yeah, do you think so about him? First of all, we don't actually know that he's in Austin, right? Well, we know he was... He's posting pictures FC. of him in Austin, but it looked like at least one of them was an old picture. And then there's some like photos of him. There's some, some people that he was friends with and posted photos with a lot. And I think there's one that said, see you soon or something. So I don't know that he, he played a game just a few days ago. Uh, and I think it might've been their last game of the year. So it's possible that he's here, but it's possible. He just really wants to be here. Well, that's it. I didn't, yeah. I, hadn't, I hadn't gotten that deep into it. I just saw him like, a reel of him walking around in Austin and assumed it was current. Uh, may, I didn't see all of them. Maybe I missed one and there was one that that is current. But from what I've seen, I don't think it's 100% confirmed that he's actually here. Maybe he is. I don't know. Uh, back to the playing. I like. He's been playing quite a bit for Olympia back in Paraguay. Uh, Olympia is the like m- traditionally the most successful club in Paraguay. But in the last few years, there's a few other clubs that have kind of been up there. And then Guarani, the team he played for before, where he and Ronnie Redes and Cecilia Dominguez all came from, are kind of like the uh, the fourth banana in that little grouping. And jump into the top three occasionally, but it's generally these other three teams above them, and Olympia is one of those. I wanted to go, now that there, there's like a bit more smoke that maybe there's a potential that he's going to actually come back to Austin and put on an Austin FC uniform again. I decided let's go take a look at some film and see, has he improved? Is he actually better? Could he help this team? Uh, I watched quite a, not, I'm not going to say a lot, but several games worth of all of his defensive actions and passing actions. And I, yeah, he's still not that good. <laughs> I'm sorry. You, you feel like he's the same guy. <laughs> He hasn't developed a lot in that league over his time away. Uh, he, is, I guess. he is better than he was when he played for Guarani. Um, I think, I mean, getting older, you'd expect that to happen. Uh, but I think coming to MLS and playing with Austin made him a better player. He looks like a better player than what I saw when I was watching a bunch of Rodney Redes games. But um, I still, like, I, I don't think this guy is is a value add. Like, could he have helped us this last year? Sure. Um just because he is a center back. And I think if he does come back, the main value will be that, okay, we now have enough center backs that you can reasonably put into an MLS game. If two, like two of them get hurt and you need someone to put in Johan Romagna is a guy like, sure, you can put him into an MLS game. Does he make us a better team? No. Does he help our cap space or anything like that? No, he really doesn't. And so I'm going to be pretty disappointed if he is like back back. Um, but I don't think it's a total disaster. You can play the guy, uh, but I, I don't think he cracks the starting 11 barring injury or some other weird stuff happening. Yeah, I guess the most uh, just to speak of the value point, like there's three guys who are better than him, him who also make a, make a bunch of money and he's on 460,000, which is a lot to be a fourth or fifth center back. So that's yeah. For me, is uh, the reason maybe not to bring it back so much. Um, and speaking of guys from Austin FC or out on loan, uh, Musajite is in form in the Turkish second division. Uh, four goals with in eleven matches. Um, do do we see any opportunity that he comes back? And do you want Musajite back? I, I would I would love for Musajite to go on a tear and like become the player we all hoped he would become, but. I'd say take this with several grains of salt. As you said, this, the Turkish second division, it's not a super high level. Um, we looked at 
Well, we're going to get into transfer marked values a, a little bit later in the show when we do our trade value rankings. And uh, here's a preview to my opinions of transfer marked rankings, which they are mostly made up and mostly <laughs> not very accurate. But they're not; they're usually not so far off, and they 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 can tell you a little bit of something about a player's value. He is the fifth highest valued player by transfer mark in the entire Turkish second division. And so I think that should give you a little bit of an idea of what the level of that league is. And so I'm, I'm happy for him. Glad he's scoring goals, but I don't think this means that like, okay, Musa is the guy. Now he's going to come back and be the answer. Um, I would like to see him doing that in the Turkish first division or back in the French second division, something like that. That would make me think, okay, let's bring this guy back now. Well, I see. I, I don't expect a lot of him, but I would I would kind of like the guy back as a third option um at this point at 24 and to see he plays a little bit different than uh the other the other folks we had and like I don't know, I feel like the I would rather have Musa Gite as our third center as our third striker than this year's version of Will Bruin, I think. So I mean, I just I can't help but love the guy too. So I'm, I'm not yeah. super objective about this, but I would like to see Musa Gite back in Austin, back in Austin. But also somebody else coming in to sit between him and Giassi Zardes in terms of overall playing time, and maybe just like throw him on late to be a huge guy who can be a target, as we've seen him do. Uh, I I would like that, and but I'm not going to expect like 15 goals out of him or anything like that. Also, yeah, I'm I'm I would be fine with having him on the roster as long as him being there is not keeping us from bringing in a potential starter or somebody else who like we know can contribute. Um, that would be fine with me if if we had. Jossie and someone else who were kind of the the de facto one and two and Musa was number three. Yeah, happy with that. But if we're bringing Jossie and Musa and then uh, Sebastian Pino or like somebody else, like an un, unproven quantity, that would make me very nervous. Um, what else did we learn? We learned, well, I guess we did. We don't know this, but we have a rumor about Danny Pereira and his contract status. And this is what kind of third hand at this point. Yeah, so I think football critic from Twitter um, via the Top Flight podcast reported that we we talked about this last week that like some cryptic messages from Danny on Instagram. Does he actually have a contract or is he moving? What's the deal? Football critic is saying that Danny has or the club has two option years on Danny, which is if that's true, excellent news. Um, the like. All the scenarios here, the options would be you exercise uh, you exercise the option or you don't exercise the option. Wait, let's go back, Landon. Like, Let's talk about Danny's original contract and what the options are and why they might be interesting for people that don't spend a lot of time knowing and understanding what Generation Adidas is and like things like that. Yeah, so Danny was part of a group called uh, under the Generation Adidas designation coming out of the the college draft whenever you are selected as a generation d as a player it means you're guaranteed a three-year contract and you don't count towards cap space you i think you sit on the supplemental, supplemental roster yep you're on the supplemental roster um but after those three years you like that that expires and that goes away so this this is the third year that's going to be over now um, what we weren't sure of was whether or not you could add options onto that. If you could do that, I think Zach from, uh, the North end went back and looked at some other, like some older generation Adidas guys and found that, yeah, these guys did have options on their contract and those were exercised. So it is possible to do it from what football critic is saying, like Danny has those. And so essentially all options in MLS are club options. There's no player options like there are in some other sports. So if, the, if a player has an option, you see that written anywhere, that's always a club option. The club says, we want to keep you. There's already a number negotiated beforehand at the beginning of signing the first contract. And so there's no negotiating. The club says yes or no. And if they say yes, then you're signed and you already have your, your salary number set. There's no, there's no, reality where they don't exercise the option right even if even if the plan is to sell him or trade him or whatever exercising the option only boosts his value by saying like okay he's locked into austin for at least one more year another club who's interested 
if he's going to expire this year and Austin's not going to renew it, they'll just wait. Right. And so Austin, Austin exercises this option, no matter what the plan is after that. Right. Yeah, they absolutely have to. And what, I mean, the thing about this option is going to be is to your point about it being a team option is they wrote it four years ago or three plus years ago when nobody knew what Danny Prieto was or how he was going to play. So I would imagine that number, even though it's going to be more of a budget charge than he had before, and it's going to be a senior roster spot, it's going to be a very Austin FC friendly number in overall terms. So it's going to be below market value for sure. So like, oh, I, yeah. I don't think there's any, I think there's any doubt that Austin would exercise the option for this year and make, you know, if, and next year too, if they can. Yeah. It might, it might be uh, a number that Danny Pereira is not happy with. <laughs> sure. <laughs> uh, he signed the contract three years ago. So that's what the deal is. Um, I could see them also maybe depending on what their plans are trying to keep him for like extending that contract and keeping him for longer. But again, if they actually have two option years, like there's really no incentive for Austin FC to do that unless the plan is to keep Danny Pereira around forever, like for a long time and make him like the guy for the next five or seven years. I think then you renegotiate it like a big, like a bigger deal. A bigger deal for longer that would still maybe be less than what you're expecting him to be able to get in the in the open market in three years. Um, You get a number that's less than that, but he's locking it in now. And so he's happy too. but that's still if if they do have two option years, like it, it seems like if Danny's not happy, you do the option and maybe you try to move him in the next year. Um. If he is happy, then great. Then everybody's everybody's happy. happy. <laughs> everybody's happy for sure. Uh, how about you found this tweet where about possible homes for Chicharito? We talked about him a little bit, yeah, last week. And there's like this. Well, he could go to. I always love these. It could be Saudi Arabia. They're always in the mix. Where every Mexican player, it's like U.S., Saudi Arabia, or Mexico. Yeah, it's I like mean, Chicharito one of the five choices is Austin. Is like this is one of those where. Yeah, he's gonna, he's rumored to have offers from everywhere, which is probably not far from true, but it's also like not much of value <laughs> to even say. <laughs> but there is like a fan run account in Los Angeles that is saying that Austin and Chicago are two of the teams that the MLS teams that Chicharito has been linked with. There's no other details. There's no other reports. I didn't find it anywhere else. And so I'm not putting a ton of stock in this. I think that his value, like as far as maximizing the money he could make, staying in MLS is not going to be the best idea for him because nobody's going to want to give him anywhere close to the money he's on. I'd imagine most MLS teams would only bring him on if they could get him on a non-DP deal. And he could go to a lot of different places, including in Mexico and make DP money more just on his name. Um, And so I don't, I don't see him staying in MLS. And if he does, it's almost certainly not going to be at Austin FC. I I would be very, very surprised if that happened. But if you're somehow related to Chicharito or know his friends or family and want to uh, tell us something like on the side, (laughs) it's really an option. Please feel free to do that. Um, And another thing. So, Davey, well, so 11 MLS coaches have been fired or moved on uh, this year. So we saw, some again, some rumblings from people who were like, wow, why is Josh Wolf still sticking around? And so while Josh is sticking around, Davey Arnault may have some opportunities to coach uh, somewhere. And so you picked this up on, uh, was it Extra Time this week? Yeah, it was this the uh, the Monday episode of Extra Time today. They were they were going through the open positions and like the the coaches that were around in MLS and like assistant coaches who might be getting a shot. And Tom Bogert mentioned Davey Arnault's name in that conversation and actually said that he talked to some teams during this last off season. Um, I don't, this doesn't seem like a, a surprising thing. Davey Arnault was like interim head coach for Houston for a few games. I think it was after Wilmer Cabrera got fired. And so he's definitely on that trajectory. He's a guy who I expect, and I think a lot of people much more in the MLS know than I am, expect to eventually get a head coaching job. Um, 
I would normally, if there are like four or five jobs open, I don't think I would really expect him to get one now, but with as many open as there are, maybe he would. Uh, and I mean, like, it's hard to say, like, is that a good thing or a bad thing? Like, I, we don't know enough about what assistant coaches do and how much value they bring to the whole equation. So, I mean, I, I, on a human level, I'd be happy for the guy at getting a shot, but that's just outside of that, say. I don't know what else there is to say. <laughs> yeah, I'd be happy for Davey. I don't really know what it would mean for Austin FC. Like, I feel like as connected as Josh Wolf is to a certain like segment of the Major League Soccer coaching community, I feel like there's probably four or five other Davies out there that he could probably go and find and bring on board. Maybe even some of these, some of these 11 that have been fired during the off season would be willing to do it. So I don't know if it really matters that much for Austin FC. Um, it was announced this last week that Austin FC is going to compete in the Coachella Valley Invitational. Uh, this is, it's essentially just a big preseason tournament, right? And I think there's 10 teams going to be in it. It's happening from February 4th to the 17th. So we we still don't have dates announced for the start of the season, but this gives us a decent idea of when it's going to be, right? It's probably, this probably means it's going to be late February, early March when the season starts. Yeah, probably not long after that. I think the other bit of news on this is I wouldn't expect to see a lot of uh, activity at St. David's Performance Center um, or maybe a ton of friendlies outside of this because it feels like given the teams that are both um, well, because they tr- trained and played matches. Like, I think that's probably going to be the bulk of Austin FC's preseason. And didn't we get, didn't we have a rumor last year that Austin was going to participate in this and then ended up not? Was that last year or the year before? I don't remember. I can't remember. There was a year when they were supposed to go to Florida, I think. Oh, maybe it was Florida. Okay. And it got so canceled, but I don't remember. One which state with a lot of sunshine then. Yeah. Okay. Not, not this one. Um, I guess two questions. If you're going to see a band at the Coachella Valley Invitational based upon Austin FC, what would their name be? You want me to make one up or do you want to... Just make one up. Yeah, make one up. No. Or, well, if you have a real <laughs> band, that would be even better. I don't understand the premise. <laughs> well, like if you're going to... If you were looking at a... If at a, at a uh, well, for example, if you're looking at a concert poster and like when when playing out of the bat goes wrong was the headline act, you'd be like, oh, that's clearly an Austin FC related <laughs> What's the name of... Uh, uh, Rigoni's band that that, that, oh. that would actually be a possible combination to have both La Playet or something like that. There you go. That's perfect. Yeah, that's we that's our them, FC band. Bring them along. That's great. I love it. They can take over take over Asado duties now that Maxi's gonna <laughs> be gone. <laughs> Maxi's gone. Yeah, for sure. Is there anything else? I mean, should we care about this event? Does I, it really I mean, matter that much? They they try. They're trying to talk it up and. Like it's some big fancy thing. It's it's preseason games. It's that's all it is. So I mean, I think that's how we should think about it and look at it. Austin FC is going to go and probably play some weird lineups. They're probably going to take some trialists and give them some minutes, and they're going to be sorting out who's making this team, who's worth keeping around because like, they have until after this to sign those like last few roster spots, and so it's going to be a lot of experimentation. Um, some weird lineups. So it, it's not a thing they're going to go and like say, we got to win this tournament. It's it's preseason. Well, let's... Okay, so let's go ahead and take a break. And then I think we've got some Austin FC Academy, FCTO, sort of other bits of news. Um, but I think it's now's probably a good time to like take a little break and then we'll be back on the other side of that. Moon Tower Soccer is brought to you by our friends at FEF Law, the official injury lawyers of Austin FC. FEF is a different kind of personal injury law firm dedicated to community, transparency, and client education. You can go to FEF.law to find out what makes FEF a different kind of injury law firm and why understanding your legal options can dramatically change the outcome of a case. Once again, that's FEF.law. Amplify Credit Union is a member-owned financial cooperative that serves the needs of Central Texans for over five decades. Amplify's team lives and works in the community, making them the experts on how members can achieve their financial goals. What makes Amplify different? No bank fees. Amplify is the first financial institution in Texas to put an end to bank fees. In 2022, Americans paid almost $8 billion in overdraft fees alone. Millennials pay an average of $336 a year in bank fees, which works out to six Austin FC game tickets per person, 
per year. You'll pay none of those bank fees with Amplify Credit Union. Amplify membership is open to any Texas resident. Learn to trust your bank again at Amplify Credit Union. To learn more, go to www.goamplify.com slash moontower. Our premier sponsor, McGuire Woods Consulting, helps companies and nonprofits navigate the political process in the Texas Capitol, which is back for their fourth or fifth or sixth or seventh special session. I don't know. Nobody should care about that or have time to do it. But if you work with McGuire Woods Consulting, they'll keep up with that for you through lobbying, communication strategies, and general advocacy. With offices across the country and in 10 MLS cities, including Austin, Houston, and Dallas, McGuire Woods Consulting is solidly Verde and Black. Learn more about our friends at McGuire Woods Consulting at mwcllc.com. All right, we are back. We're going to talk about some second team news, some academy news, and some national team call-ups. But before we do that, let's talk about a article I found on MLSsoccer.com today that I think was published by mistake. It did not have a an image attached to it. The headline seemed to be like a placeholder descriptive one, but did not actually was not written like an actual headline. And I was going to check to see if it was still there. And I went into the text messages where I thought I sent it to you, but I never actually attached the link. And so I can't find it anymore. And I think it's just not on the website anymore. But what this article was about was MLS season pass and access that season ticket holders will get to it in the 2024 season. They haven't really said anything about what that's going to look like, how long we're going to get free MLS season pass with our season tickets. This article said that all season ticket holders will get, will keep access to MLS season pass through January 31st of 2025. And so that means through this entire next season, according to this article that now doesn't exist anymore. And so I, I mean, I kind of expected to keep it through this next season. Do we think this means that we're definitely not going to get it from 2025 on? Well, well, I guess the one notable thing is that like people were only promised it through the first season. Um, no, I feel I don't know that that means that it's only going to be through one more. I feel like that's MLS maybe covering itself because not I, wanting to decide yet, <laughs> not wanting to decide yet. Right. Cause I feel like the, I don't, well, I don't obviously nothing about the actual numbers, but I'm guessing that there are a point where the the subscriptions are kind of promising, but also cutting off a bunch of subscriptions that they're giving away for free that count in the subscription numbers is probably not to the advantage of major league soccer. So can definitely see them being sort of in a wait and see mode to see like what the renewal rate is among non season ticket holders. Um, it just gives them a lot more flexibility to extend it one more year, give it a theoretical end date that they can also just take back and extend it one more year. Yeah, I think they'll want to make sure that all the people who are getting it for free now will be bought into the product enough to say, okay, I'm not getting it for free, but I'm going to actually buy it now. I'm going to pay for it from this point on. Yeah, I think a part of that is for the content itself to catch up, right? Like the if you looked at the types of things that Major League Soccer talked, Major League Soccer talked about this year um, being delivered, like they were at some level, but you know, they're, they're, the stories are not compelling enough or dramatic enough at this point. Where I think people sort of wholesale uh, are going to be willing to extend and pay out of pocket for it. Yeah, I, I agree with that. All right, let's get into some other Austin FC news. So, uh, we've got a few little bits of second team news and academy news we have michael burton playing in the u17 world cup he came on for a handful of minutes at the end of the 17 game the minutes day. i think yeah um i was th- this is kind of what we expected right he's like a guy who will start some games come on off the bench in the games he doesn't start i think there's a bit of a wrench thrown in the works now when i saw the starting lineup the other day for this game against um South Korea, there's a name in the starting 11 that I was not familiar with. I'd never seen this kid play. And, oh, man, I got to look it up or I'm not going to get his name right. Nimfasha Berchimas, who is um, a Charlotte FC Academy product. He plays for their second team, but is on a homegrown contract. He is two years, a full two years younger than Michael Burton playing on this team. 
And he looked like one of the best players on the field. And so I think the addition of, of Berchimas to this team is probably going to eat into Micah Burton's minutes a little bit. <laughs> you think that might be a problem for Micah Burton? Yeah, it sounds like it is. Uh, it, it's a good thing for America. This kid looks really good. Uh, he's started on the right wing. Micah Burton has been playing a lot of nine for the national team, which I really hate, but that's where he came on at the end of the game was kind of playing like a false nine role. So maybe it won't matter as much, but I think his best position is that right wing. And if this 15 year old playing on the U 17s keeps playing like this, like he's not getting taken off. I think you're right. You're right. Well, let's talk about the U 23 rosters. So no Austin FC players. I mean, I guess who 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 would have been a national team likely? Probably Owen Wolf is most likely candidate. Yeah, I think even a lot of the players on this team are older than him, even. So that would have been, I think, the only potential call up for this group. But Austin FC two kinda got a call up for the Mexican national team. Yeah. Uh, Christ Christo Vela listed with being with Cancun FC, um, is on the Mexican squad for the roster. Um Obviously, I do not know a ton about the Mexican squad, but like given the amount of matches he played for FC2, I was a little bit surprised to see his name on this list. Should I have been? Uh, I don't think so. I mean, he's his last name is going to be as such that people will know who he is and will at least check him out. So I'm not sure what his reputation is in that group, but this is like these U23 teams. It's not a, a group that usually gets called in for national team competitions, but this is in preparation for the Olympics next year. And so that's why you're hearing these U23 teams getting called in. And so it's kind of a strange group that like, we have a decent idea of who the U17s are. We have a decent idea of who the U20s are, but when the U23s get called up, it's like, oh, uh, like who, who is this group? Who are our best players at that age? And it's hard to track because it's not a group that gets called in every year. So um, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know where he sits or what this group looks like, but um, the fact that he's listed with Cancun FC is be as you mentioned, it's because he's on loan. We not sure if he's actually going to come back or not. So we'll see if he's actually comes back. Do you remember what the uh, details of his loan are? Or was it just this one year? I think I think it was just this one year. Um, so. And, you know, he's not the only player in that situation. Well, you know what? Maybe it's time. We should talk about David Rodriguez, too, I guess, then. If yeah. we talk about players on loan. So uh, he's, a, I don't know if it's officially official, but he's not coming back. It's, he he posted year. a goodbye he message posted on a Instagram. Goodbye. That's fair. Yeah. So um, so he's not coming back. He was, was one of Austin FC's better players. Um, Austin FC 2's better players. Like, And I feel like people... A lot of us saw a lot of potential in him to maybe develop uh, into a stronger player in a year or two. Um, so why do you why do you think he's not back? Yeah, disappointed that he's not going to come back. But I think it makes a lot of sense if you look at the um, the economics of it. He's on loan with I believe that there was a purchase option listed in the the transfer details whenever this was announced, but. David Rodriguez is one of those guys who, like, if you're going to keep him, it would probably be with plans to bring him into the first team. That means, though, if you are going to bring him into the first team and you pay this transfer fee for him, that will count against the first team salary cap. And so if that is even any, any substantial amount of money, then it complicates that deal immensely by saying, okay, this fee is going to count against the budget for a guy who's probably in like those last few supplemental roster spots on the team. Those are guys like you generally don't want to pay a lot of transfer fees for it. Or if you're going to keep him on the second team, you also probably don't want to play, pay a ton of transfer fees for guys on your second team on so, the second team too. Yeah. I, I would imagine that has a lot to do with it is that whatever that number is in the transfer option, they're not seeing it as worth it to spend either on a second team option or a second team player, or it's not worth it to spend it on a supplemental roster spot guy. Well, and his teammate, Bobasi Bayaranga, got a call up for Uganda again. For these are qualifiers for the 2026 World Cup against Guinea and Somalia in this window. Like this guy, he's a. Uh, I mean, I feel like 
he's like a regular. He, he may yeah. be the most accomplished full national like player <laughs> in the entire Austin FC system at this point, right? In terms of yeah, no doubt, I, regular I think, appearances. I think Bobo is like a guy. Like I don't think it's even a question. Like if Uganda has competitive games, Bobo gets called up, and I think it was like that before he even came to Austin. So, um, yeah, I think he he's like written in pin. Yeah, remember I believe i don't know who it was but i'm guessing it's phil west like somebody was giving us like a teasing austin's about to add a national team player like when he came in the first time and then ended up being bobo i don't i don't remember where <laughs> i don't remember what it was or maybe it was just i don't but anyhow it just seemed like kind of a funny deal but it is not like he's legitimately like the one of the the main guys there which is cool to see um and for a young guy too still uh what else we got oh we have we got we got a not young guy also and not a second team guy uh, again getting a uh, international call up. Yeah, Julio Cascante gets called up for Costa Rica again. This is for Nations League matches against Panama. So they'll do the same kind of the same thing as the U.S. is doing. They'll play a home and away match against Panama. Uh, he started at least one of the games last window, right? Yeah, Maybe so both of them. He started both of them. Yeah. So he played against Saudi Arabia and the UAE in September, played the full 90 in both, and scored his first international goal. So for a guy that, not even on the fringes, for a guy that wasn't part of the national team picture for a long time, it's good to see him do that, especially good to see him do that at, at the age of 30, which is not normally when you become a national team player for the first time. Yeah. All right. Uh, any other news before we move on to our trade value rankings? Now let's go ahead and take another break and then we'll do that. Moon Tower Soccer is brought to you by Covert Ford. The Coverts have been meeting the needs of car buyers for 114 years because of their service, financial expertise, and support after the sale. In addition to supporting car buyers, Covert's an important part of the soccer community and the official automotive partner of Austin FC. And we have another vehicle to talk to you about this week. I almost said this last week, but I couldn't remember for sure. So I, I ran out in the driveway before we recorded and looked. And this is the car that my neighbor has and loves. This week is a 2023 Mach-E. It's a 36-month lease at 10,500 miles a year. You'll get it for $499 a month with $39.24 down plus your first payment. This is stock number 2232485. That's an MSRP of $45,295. Dealer discount of $1,500. And rebates of 500 which will get you in that vehicle at 499 a month you can see website for details Ooh, this is a very cool car i think this might be the one that um there was a commercial or some type of promo online with brad stuver driving one of these that he got from covert ford but these are these are cool if you're in the market for a new or used vehicle be sure to check out covertford.com Moon Tower Soccer is also brought to you by Sage Wilson Realty. The Sage Wilson Realty team is made up of Austin experts who are client-focused and have over 30 years of combined real estate experience. Again, this is made possible by Sage Wilson Realty. So if you or someone you know are in need of Sage real estate advice in Austin, talk to our friends at Sage Wilson Realty. Be sure to check them out online at sagewilson.com. All right, we are back with our final segment of the show, we are going to rank Austin FC players based on their trade value. And the title of this segment is, of course, Jeremiah, what is it? Top 10 in trade value? It's a really dynamic <laughs> name we've come up with. I was gonna. I was trying to get you to make one up on the spot, not read. Oh right, no! Not read no. what we just jotted down in the notes. Uh, the idea from this comes from a listener, Michael Carter, who sent us this idea. So, Michael, thank you for saving us in this slow news week. Um, so, we didn't really plan a lot for this, partly intentionally. I thought it was it would kind of be fun to kind of hash it out on the show. Uh, but also, we were waiting for a news to drop this morning, and it never happened. So, uh, Jeremiah, let's. I, I think it's like pretty straightforward. We're gonna pick. Let's say we'll start with five. If we want to add more than that, we can. I think we should make it to where we have to agree on a single list. We're not gonna each give our top five. We have to agree on on each spot as we go. On oh, each spot, okay. And we okay. So the ground rules are gonna be. We're not just going down the transfer mark list of most valuable to least valuable, I would assume. 
Right, um, because I mean, we we can discuss one. I don't why agree with it. Of, yeah. right. I don't agree with most of them, and then B, like, like these are these values are kind of in a vacuum, right? They're not taking stuff into account. Which uh, the the inspiration for Michael sending us this idea is Bill Simmons doing a list every year of NBA trade values, and so I was trying to find the criteria he uses, and he wrote an article that kind of have his rules that he goes by. I'm, I'm not going to read all of them, but the first four, I think, are applicable to what we're going to do. Rule number one, salaries matter. So like guys who make a bunch and aren't performing, are gonna that's going to affect their trade value. So maybe we paid I mean, a lot for yeah, them. Not not to spotlight, but uh, yeah, uh, Emiliano Rigoni is yeah. not on my <laughs> list. Um, num- rule number two, age matters. The older someone gets... Like if they're getting close to retirement age, people probably aren't going to be willing to pay a ton for them. Younger guys, maybe if they're kind of coming into their prime, their value will go above what their output is. And I think we'll have some examples like that as well. Rule number three, contract length matters. As we were talking about with Danny Pereira earlier, if people know a contract is expiring two months from now when the season ends or whatever, they're not going to pay a lot for them, right? Or if they have like six months left in, in during the summer window, they're not going to pay a lot. So if the contract is longer, then that boosts that transfer value. Or if it's a year and and the player has been vocal about like wanting to walk or be done with this team, that's going to lower the transfer value. Uh, rule number four, this is where I'm going to stop with Bill's list, but happiness matters. Uh, folks who want to be where they are and folks who don't want to be where they are that's like that gets out people know that's going to affect the transfer value and so i think we'll factor that into a few of ours as well all well, right you will you will since you've read these and i haven't uh i mean I, I can i, I can adjust i think the i think we're gonna get pretty close to the same okay. things i, I don't okay. think we're gonna have too hard of a time May, maybe with some of the specific orders but um okay let's start with number one i think this one is pretty clearly sebastian juicy you know that yeah, number one, Sebastian Drews, he's my guy. He's super. He's at his super productive age. We've seen what he can do when things are clicking around him. Yeah, and even even By after far, a, a transfer mark, he's you know the most valuable player, and he's probably got years left on his contract. Yeah, he's even after a down year, like the guy is clearly talented, has produced in some pretty competitive leagues. Uh, transfer mark has him at fifteen million. Um. I don't, yeah, I don't know if they could get that for him right now, but if they had another, if he has another big season, then absolutely 20, I think he just turned 27 this year. So yeah, still a lot of value there for sure. When we say trade value, are we just talking about like the most we could transfer them for, or are we talking about within the league, what we could get the most out of them? This is, uh, I think this is an interesting question. I, cause it's, it's going to change some of my rankings as well. So which so, way which way did you write it? I can adjust either way. I don't know what 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 which which is more fun for you. <laughs> well, I think MLS is so weird. I always sort of like thinking about these deals in the context of like what it would take to get them like who bring the most value for MLS cuz otherwise okay. I feel like it I feel like it is more likely just a most valuable player on transfer mark to least valuable player. Yeah, let's mark. do that then. If MLS trades in- only. So trading within the league which We'll bring up Emiliano Ragoni again. I think if you're talking like the ability to tr- to sell them to a team anywhere, I think Emiliano Ragoni makes the top five. But if you're talking MLS trades, he drops maybe below the top 10 even just because of his salary. He's making uh, over $2 million guaranteed. He's not producing. He's... 30 years old. So he's, it's not like he's going to get way better in the next couple of years. Uh, an MLS team is not going to take that on. They're just not like he's also his um, budget, like how he counts towards the salary budget. He has to be a designated player until the end of this contract. There's no way around that. Like you can't buy down anything. You can't move, move numbers around. He is a designated player until this contract ends. After that, maybe you could rework it to where he's not, but he's, untradeable nobody will want him i agree i agree all right my you want to go with your number two or you want me to come up with the next player i guess 
we both agreed on uh, on Driussi. Yeah, I'm curious to see who you have at number two because I'm not sure it's going to be the same person. I have, I have Owen Wolf. I mean, oh darn it! Well, we have to bleep that out. I have Owen Wolf <laughs> also, and I almost changed it because just because I didn't want us to agree so much. But yeah, on my piece of paper I have here, I have Owen Wolf number two. I was thinking about sort of the age, the context of the league, probably the contract situation, the potential. It seems like Austin could get a lot for Owen Wolf. Yeah, and I like. I think it's. It would be a decent number now. Transfer mark has him at 2.5 million. I I think that might be on the high end at the moment, but like two two months of playing of like high level soccer might double it, right? Like just a few months of a guy at his age playing at this level can skyrocket his value. And we've seen that with players over the last several years. Guys like kind of rotational players playing pretty well being sold to Europe for between two and five million dollars. And I think Owen Wolf with a just like a, a decently strong start to this next season could put him into that category. Yeah. So just for those of you that don't spend a lot of time on transfer mark, that would leave him uh behind Juicy and Rigoni tied for third with two other guys in terms of overall market value on the international market. So it's definitely really high relative uh to to Austin FC. Yeah, so number three is the guy who I thought you might put at number two. I have Danny Pereira in this spot. I also have Danny Pereira at number three. All, All right. right, yeah. I mean, also kind of, two and a half million. A bit, of, uh, kind of the same thing. I mean, he he's a bit more of a known entity, and that's the only reason I'll put Danny below Owen is because of age. Um, at twenty three years old, you're a bit more of what you're going to be whereas Owen is 18 and and playing some decent minutes in MLS like you're expecting that trajectory to go up um Danny like that that curve is starting to e- like level out at this point at his age and so that's why I would put Owen there but I think Danny is still one of our more valuable guys cuz he is young he is uh already a really good midfielder and has the potential to be like a great midfielder in this league and then a pretty good to great midfielder in a lot of other leagues, depending on where he goes. All right. My number four, which is, so I'm going to go not, not in the order of like squad value is John Gallagher. Oh, okay. Uh, all-star John Gallagher uh, just signed a contract extension. So he's got a couple years on his deal. Uh, he's got a lot of versatility. So I feel like even though he's 27 and a little bit older, that he's going to be uh, desirable to other to other teams. So John Gallagher is my number four pick. I So I had Leo Weissenden here, but I think we should go with your pick. I think you're right. I think if we're going strictly MLS trade value, I think if we we're talking international market, Weissenden might edge him out there, but it's talking within MLS. I think Gallagher is more valuable a lot of having, having to do with the salary. He's at 300,000. Bison is at 650,000. And so salary alone, as far as like bringing in a guy for pretty good value at a good age, at a good number, Gallagher is great, great value there. So I think a team would be willing to give up more for him than they would for Bison within the league. So I did not have Bison in my top eight because I was writing, I was writing it based upon um, uh, what, the, what I thought you could get for, um, for MLS players. And part of that is like, I feel like we understand and value him more than maybe the rest of the league does. Yeah. Cause we, cause, cause we see more of him. Would you, where, where would you slot him in sort of given this little bit of a change, the way that we're, that we're laying these players out. I, I think another thing you have to factor in is international status. Leo Weissenden does not have a green card. I don't believe. So he's still taking up an international roster spot, which if you don't have any can cost you, up to 250 to 300 K for a year of an international international roster spot. So I think that probably bumps him down too. probably putting him. I had him at, uh, at four. I don't think I'm going to put him at five now. So who would your number five be? Well, my number five is a guy that we think is going to be gone. Uh, and my number five is Nick Lima. Um, you know, salary-wise, he's not making a ton. He's relatively valuable. He's a very much a known commodity. 
there's going to be a group of teams in the league that need a guy like Nick Lima to just be like a solid um, fullback. And I feel like he's proven over time that he can definitely follow through and do that. So he, he was my number five player. I have Brad Stuver above Nick Lima. And so reason being, you have a guy who is, he's 32. So I think Lima has him on, on age here. Nick Lima's, 29 just turned 29 or no he's about to turn 30 so not too far off age-wise um brad stuver i mean keepers will play for several more years but brad stuver's on four hundred thirty thousand. he's like a, a good locker room guy you know he's gonna come in and work for you he doesn't have a lot of miles on the treads and so i think for a 32 year old he is like a young 32 probably as far as wear and tear goes I don't know. Do you still stick with Lima? Did I convince you? I, Cause I don't know if I convinced myself. <laughs> you, know, you did. You weren't selling it too hard. Well, let's just, um, I did have Brad Stuver. Like I only went, I went eight deep on my list and I had Brad Stuver, um, as my number eight guy. So let's say we agree on the top four and this maybe he's like, talk about, um, like a few others that we have on the list. Now, I think we've got a little bit of extra time since, since we ended up agreeing even without under <laughs> so much without understanding the ground rules or uh or even being on the same page about what we're going to do so, so let's recap what um, we I have do, here i do have stuver my eight sebastian juicy owen wolf danny Pereira, john gallagher and then we're saying nick lima nick Le that's i'm saying nick lima uh i still think brad stuver is more valuable than him but let's go we'll go with lima here We'll okay. put Lima in. And you want to put Brad at six? Uh, who did you have ahead of him? I'm curious now. Well, I have, so I have one, I have one kind of serious one and then like one just for the sake of being slightly controversial. Um, <laughs> so I, I did have Alex Ring ahead of him because, and I don't know this, this, and this is, you know, knowing the ground rules now, maybe given, how much contracts matter, I probably would not have Alex Ring ahead of him, so we can drop him. But just thinking sort of being a known commodity and his versatility that he's probably still got, got a lot of value in MLS, but I don't think anybody's going to want to take on the salary that yeah. he's on. So I think I would I'd probably drop him out. So not him. Um, and also also and, the fact that like if he is back in Austin, it's going to probably be for one it's, year. It's one year. Yeah. Okay. So never mind. So no Alex Ring. Um, and then I also had Johan Valencia. Okay. Uh, cause he's relatively cost effective, pretty young. Um, and I feel like making a little bit of a name for himself. Um, so I can see somebody that is like in need for a destroyer, like taking Johan Valencia on. Johan Valencia was my like first out of, of the like non obvious names, I think. So I think I still put him below Stuver. For the fact that like he's not a starter, not super proven, and also takes up an international spot. I think for those reasons, Stuver would be more valuable than him. And so I yeah, I, I'm not I'm not letting Stuver go any lower than six in this list. <laughs> I, I'm fine with leaving Stuver at six then. So we'll go Stuver six and Valencia seven, you think? Because also, what is Valencia's money? Young Valencia has four. a higher guaranteed contract than Brad Stuver does. Oh wow. I didn't know this was that high. Okay. It's, it's slightly. It's 445 is what it's listed here. So it's not much more, but if you're getting like but it's more, yeah. Nailed on starter captain level locker room guy versus a guy we think might be an okay six. Like <laughs> I yeah. When you put it that way, yeah, it's not very convincing to have Valencia. Um, did you have anybody else that was like super out of the blue? Uh, I think uh, there's a lot of guys who I still think are quite good. And again, like we're talking about age matters. Guys who I think are are good, but are just getting a little older. Um, I think Julio Cascante has, again, talking strictly MLS trades, I think Julio Cascante would have trade value in the league. Uh, just, I know a lot of people aren't happy about the pay raise he got, but he's still not making a ton of money. It's just under 700K. For an MLS veteran, like maybe it's more than what we think he's worth, but it's still not like debilitatingly high. And I think for the right team in the right situation, there could be some trade value there. 
Yeah, the guys, other guy. Oh, I was gonna say the other okay. guy I was wondering about a little bit was um in a different situation. If he hadn't just blown his knee out, I feel like John Kolmanich would have had some value, and I almost put him on my list. But I just think given like because of his age, um, but I think just given like the injury, the it would I don't see anybody taking that risk. Yeah, and he's he's another guy. He's young enough. Like I think he'll be twenty four at the start of the next season. Uh, it, it, kind of like Owen Wolf. Like I don't I, like I don't think the ceiling is as high as Owen Wolf. Like nowhere near. But if he comes back in and is able to to have some strong performances early in the season, I think that value could go up pretty quickly. Just because we've seen flashes of what we think he can be, he's never quite fulfilled that but maybe coming back from this injury and, and kind of maturing a bit more he could become a bit closer to that player that we wanted to be um any like any other dark horse shouts or any any people you think that like people will want to know why we didn't put them in uh well we kind of covered rigoni which i think is the the big one well okay so if you were going to play the, under the other rules uh and you just said like who could we sell for the most money where would you slot him in Rigoni? Yeah, Rigoni. I think I would put him um maybe like fourth or fifth. I would I was gonna say just off the top of my head, probably probably fourth. I just After the fact top that three, right? he's from Argentina, like that matters. Like it I don't know that it always should, but it does. Like a- Ashley was on a work trip in Italy last month and met this Argentinian guy and said that she was a fan of Austin FC. He's like, oh, we have this uh, this Argentinian guy named Sebastian Driussi. And his jaw dropped. And he was like, I love Sebastian Driussi, but I did, like, didn't know what he was doing now. But because Driussi had a good year at River when he was young, like he's a legend in this guy's eyes forever. And I think Rigoni's career in Argentina wasn't as exciting as Drew season. He played for, I think Independiente, which is still a big club, but not on the level of like river or Boca or some of the other teams there. Like it's not going to be to that degree, but people care like Argentinians will still, there'll be still people in that country that have a soft spot for Emiliano Rigoni. And so that means there's always going to be a place for him to land somewhere. Yeah, that's a really good point. I don't, I don't disagree with that. Uh, Did you have anybody else that you've, that you had on your dark horse list that you want to mention? Uh, I don't think, I mean, I think if we're just looking at some of the younger guys, we we talked about how age matters on the top end, looking at the lower end. Some of our younger guys are like, I guess CJ Fodre, Damian uh, loss. Uh, Damian loss is the most marketable. The highest one. That's not actually playing for the first team yet. Um, CJ Fodre, I mean, I think his would still be quite low. I could see some people asking about what, like, where we would rank him. Again, if he comes in and and like has gets some some spot minutes off the bench or something and and starts to look good, that could go up pretty quickly. But right now, I don't think many teams at a top level would be willing to to give up very much for him. So let's go over our list one more time. Uh, partly because I don't remember what we did. So Drew okay. Wolf, Pereira, Gallagher, and Lima. Is that where we landed? Yes. With Brad Stuver Six. and Johan Valencia, Valencia as our seven. honorable mentions. Yes, yeah, as our honorable mentions in some order. There will be prizes in the mail for, for everybody <laughs> for being uh somewhere in the list of this uh of this uh yeah, it's this very important list that we've developed over the course of like 30 minutes worth of research tonight. All right. Well, anything else, Jeremiah? No, I think we can call it for this week. All right. Well, before we finish up, we'd like to remind you to rate, review, and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Come find us online at LVAHero87 and jbentley underscore ATX on Twitter. And then um, find us on YouTube, Instagram, and Twitter at Moon Tower Soccer. And then I believe we went on a British podcast recently. We did go on a British podcast recently, and the guy drew a beautiful cartoon versions of us. And, and it is out. I was going to check it if it was out. actually okay, out. Cool. Yeah, it is. So this is from an account called Discovering MLS, a guy named Tom in England, um, doing some like long form 
interviews with folks around MLS and uh, reached out to us to see if we would do just like a little, a little primer on Austin FC. And I think it's really cool how many of these like fan accounts popping up in specifically the UK and some like really passionate, like dedicated people doing essentially like fan media stuff, kind of like what we and other folks For are doing in league, Austin, but yeah, but doing it from another continent and it's really cool. But yeah, he drew some fun little pictures of us. Uh, so I think it's worth checking out just for the little, the little drawings, but it was also a fun interview. Yeah. And you notice he also is, he's a cartoonist. I was like, that's a really good drawing for a random soccer fan, but like most of his YouTube or a lot of his, I think he's got a separate channel just for his cartoon drawing. So check him out over there too. I watched a couple of those. Um, sign up for the Patreon. We'd also encourage you to visit Phil West Substack, verdeallday.substack.com slash moon tower soccer. Will I think we'll still get you a discount. Uh, thanks so much for listening. I will not be back next week. I will be in the land of the Kiwis. Jeremiah will be back with Mike to cover maybe some more Austin FC news. Maybe not, <laughs> but I'm sure y'all will find well, something. To talk we'll, about. We will, we'll talk about the national team game and hopefully we, we might have a special guest on to talk about traveling to Austin and watching the U.S. national team. All right. Well, until then, I'm Landon Cottom. I'm Jeremiah Bentley. We'll catch you next time. When no one is around Think for nothing, you never... La gente... Oh, my God.